we are easily consumable and we're in their earbuds. The power of audio lets people feel like they know us. And it happens to me all the time when I get in touch with somebody that listens to the show. They're like, I feel like I already know you, man, because <laughs> you're in my earbuds all the time. Hey there, and welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Emmy Kirshner. I'm a serial entrepreneur, investor, and business coach for ambitious women who are boldly taking their business to the next level. And I believe that building a successful business isn't about working 24-7 just to merely meet a revenue goal. What it does take is a unique blend of dedication to purpose, courageous action, and frequently sheer will to overcome the odds that lead to meaningful impact and experiencing a life well lived. In each episode, you'll get to know the women and men who are unafraid to put it all on the line as they share the stories of success and failure that have made them incredible leaders and the magic they gift the world with. As you're listening, and I hope finding value, don't forget to share the Tribe of Leaders podcast with all of your other entrepreneurial friends and to follow us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I am your host, Emmy Krishner, and today I have the one and only Adam Shibley, whose name I just learned how to pronounce correctly, and I'm so excited that it actually got out of my mouth the first time. Adam is a full-time podcaster, business coach, and he is the host of the top-ranked podcast, Podcast Business School and Podcast Launch Tips. I first... I think found Adam, I know it was Apple Podcasts, but it was like, you were six months ago that I think I started listening to your podcast. Your team is now producing this podcast. So thank you so much and welcome to the show. Well, Emmy, I'm very excited. I love what you're doing with this show. Obviously we're invested in your brand and, and making sure you grow it and all that stuff. And we were talking earlier, like the some of the best interviews that I do on my show or on other people's shows, we already kind of know each other. So I, I think we're going to crush it on this one. I'll go ahead and put that expectation out there for your audience. <laughs> totally going to crush it. We're totally crushing it. I would love because I think it's so interesting to hear people's background. You did not just come into the world being the podcasting business guru. So share with everybody a little bit about how you got there and where you started. I've got a new twist on this one day because I, I brought up an old story on Instagram. I'm like, I do an Instagram live every Tuesday night. And I told the story about when I was a senior in high school and I told my family that I was going to go to college to become a personal trainer. And then every weekend when I'd have dinner at my grandparents' house, my grandfather, Babe Thrasher, shout out to, to grandpa Babe. He was a two-time sheriff, like big policeman. And every time I'd see him, I can get you a job on the police force. <laughs> like, every, like that's how much confidence he had in me. I'm just thinking grandpa babe would roll over in his grave. If he knew that I was going to, to be a full-time podcaster, <laughs> like he thought personal trainer was bad. When I go, Hey, I'm going to be a full-time podcaster. What in the heck is that? Yeah. So that would have been an interesting conversation, but no, I, I went to school for health and fitness. I was very invested in like strength coaching, personal training, eventually owning my own gym. When I graduated, boot camp fitness was really taken off. So I kind of went that direction. And uh, we started helping a lot of people in my hometown. My business grew extremely quickly. I figured out that I love 
being a community builder. I love that part of it. Didn't love being in charge of a whole bunch of people. <laughs> that wasn't my jam. Uh, so, you know, lessons learned, but we were looking for ways to expand our impact. And I ran into podcasting eventually. So I started a weight loss podcast uh, called The Million Pound Mission. And I fell in love with the medium because fitness is pretty aggressive and cutthroat, very competitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when we started our bootcamp program in 2012, you know, in 2009, there were probably five fitness options in our hometown. And by the time I sold my gym in 2019, 10 years later, there were literally 50 bootcamp programs uh, from, and all the big brands, the Orange Theories, the CrossFits, the 24 hour fitness, they all came in and they all fight dirty with big marketing dollars. So I was like, this isn't so much fun anymore, but this podcasting thing, by that time, I really saw the opportunity to make an impact and more impact really drove more income. And it was leveraged income where I could work from my basement. I could be a dad. I could do all the things and have the lifestyle that I wanted. So we transitioned out of the the fitness uh, industry and eventually led into podcasting about podcasting and kind of some podcast mentorships. That's kind of the short story of how I transitioned to being this person that, you know, from 2015 to, to present day, I've been all about podcasting. I'm curious too. Well, let me interrupt that thought process with, it was funny because I was driving down like one of the main drags where I live now. And I think in a three mile span, I passed like three or four different gyms and not even like the planet fitness. It was the orange. It was all the boot camp, um, yeah. different type of things. And I was like, wow, like, are they making money? Like, that's a lot. <laughs> Cause they're like the next three miles would have had the same, like the same density. Yeah. Yeah. So It's uh, insane. It's, it's highly yeah. competitive. It's cutthroat. Like we would have some of these big box chains. I mean, not to name any name, you may have some theories about it, but uh, th- a certain brand would, uh, would bring, have people sign up in our gym and recruit people out of our gym. And I'm just like homegrown hometown guy going up right, against right. that. And like, like I said, when I found podcasting, everybody's collaborative and everybody's working together and everybody's just helping everybody. I was like, this is, this is my jam. I want to be yeah. here all the time. So that was the goal. Well, and the, I think the way to build businesses that last. So when you started podcasting and you made that transition and decided to sell the gym, was it is it an easy decision for you or was there a little time to really think it through. I started leaning that direction for a couple of years. So like 2017, 2018, I spent less time in the gym, which my clients didn't like. I heard lots of voices of disapproval, which actually made the, the decision easier because I didn't enjoy myself. And that's one of my big rules of life is like, I really want to enjoy every day. And if I'm out there doing what I do best and do what I believe I'm put on this earth to do, I should enjoy every second of that. And every day is recess. And like you deal with stuff, but it's like you wake up motivated, you're excited to go. So I I lost that. And so it was a well thought out process. And I also knew like, all right, I have to create, I have to replace my income through all this online, all these online adventures that I'm creating in podcasting. So we did that, got to that point, got a good foothold and just some good old fashioned timing by selling the gym in December of 2019, pre-pandemic. That was a stroke of luck (laughs) and everything's worked out. So then I owned the real estate of the the gym. I sold that a couple of years later, like, so like last year, and we did extremely well on that. So two well-timed maneuvers there and I was due for some good luck. So I accepted it. (laughs) 
Yeah, absolutely. You got to love when those things happen because it's sometimes not the like intention when you're first starting something like that, that you'll sell it or that that type of money will come in, but it does feel good when it happens. Yes. Yes. So when you started your health podcast, what had you switched to business, like teaching people how to start a podcast? So with the health show, the main monetization was coming from, I had a membership. I did some individual coaching, accountability, just all weight loss based stuff, courses, all, all the things. I tried everything. I, w- I would do really, really well with challenges. And you know, in the health space, like I said, I'm a big community builder. I like just circling people up, circling the wagons and going, everybody plug in. I got plenty of energy. Just borrow that until you build up your own. That's what I'm best at. So I applied that to the online health space and that set me apart because online isn't as high touch and you need high touch and you need accountability in weight loss specifically. When people have a serious weight loss goal, they won't do well with an automated course because Mm -hmm. if they could do that, then they would be able to get themselves up and and going and healthy. They need more accountability. They need more support than that. So that's well, that was kind of my niche. I'm like, let's dig in together. I got your back. So that was how we built up the income to replace the gym income. But then I started having other podcasters take notice and go, Hey, like you're building an audience here and you're also making money at this. I see what you're doing. Could you consult on what I'm doing so I could level up a little bit? And at first it was just other health podcasts. I'm like, cool. But then I started getting into like business podcasts, social media podcasts. I mean, in, anywhere. I'm just making friends. I'm good at making friends. And so I was like, this, this is even more fun. And just put all the cards on the table. When you are teaching people how to save money and or make money or grow a business where they could save money or make money, the income potential is like way higher than teaching people how to get healthy. That's unfortunate, but people are way more willing to invest in making money in their own health. So my membership, I could charge $30 a month or $25 a month or whatever. And like creating a business membership, you can almost charge whatever you want. And like, there's really no cap on it as long as you're coming through and teaching people. But when I started doing consulting gigs and making a few thousand dollars here and there, instead of these like nickel and dime, I got to report into everybody. I'm getting 200 bucks a month sort of a thing. I was like, wow, I see that compensation, but I see the true form of compensation for me is my schedule and my lifestyle. And I'm like, okay, if I can make more money in less time, then I can Mm -hmm. spend more time with my kids and, you know, coaching basketball and being a first grade ice skating lesson drop-off guy and, and make dinners and things like that. If I can do that and make as much or more money, I'm all in. So I started transitioning out of the health space into the business. And like right now, my main brand is podcasting business school, helping people launch, grow and monetize. And I've got my ears pinned back and we're, I still have a health show in the, in the, uh, the low carb space. We're actually going to shut that down. I found somebody to take that over. And so I'm transitioning out of that and it's just all in and the, the business world, which is really exciting and interesting for me. It's what I'm really hot on right now. So uh, yeah, we're, we're going all in. Which I love because I mean you have great content. Thank you. The first, I don't remember which episode it was, but the first episode that I listened to, I was like, I was blown away because I'd listened to a couple of other podcasts on building podcasts and, and they were fine, but it was just like, like truth bomb after truth bomb of, oh, just do this. And I was like, oh, so I listened for a while and then I reached out. 
but yeah, I also, I want to circle back to what you said about people not investing in their health because as a health coach, it was a challenge. Like I would watch people not like choose not to work with me or somebody else for that matter. Yeah. And then go drop the same amount of money on a pair of shoes. And they were like really sick. So it's, and it wasn't that one person, I think as a society and as a culture, we're not valuing our health or we haven't as much as we could. I feel blessed because I get to do a little bit of both now with the business coaching, but you're like really making huge shifts for people and how they're structuring their businesses and what they're creating and how they can connect with people. So it's a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Impact is impact. And of course, yeah, you get that high when you help somebody basically save their own life. Like in my gym in the first couple of years, we helped 15 different people in my hometown locally lose over hundred pounds. And that's crazy. And that's awesome. But like you said, eventually things pop up, weight loss and health shifts. That's one of the hardest things people will ever have to go to go through. And yeah. that's just the way it is. Do you find with your, with your coaching that when people start doing more in their business, and I don't mean task more, I mean, they are, it's growing, they feel better that they also circle back into some of the health and wellness pieces too. Oh yeah. I mean, momentum is contagious. And if their business is growing, but not just growing, they're getting results, AKA more impact, more income, but also they feel like they're more efficient. So maybe I'm making more impact, more income. And I'm working the same amount of hours or maybe even fewer hours. Like that's the way I like to try to push people to. I'm like, we're doing better. Now let's get more efficient. And yeah. that's when I started talking about like my four day work week and how I take 145 days off per year and all these different crazy things that people are like, mind blown. What are you talking about? How do I do this? I'm like, baby steps. Now we got the, the systems and processes in place. You've got to leverage lifestyle uh, and you got leverage with your business, but it's not always wise to just add more to your plate. It's like stacking pancakes. Eventually it's going to topple over. So if we add one pancake on, we got to take one pancake off. So we have the same amount or even fewer and it's easier to balance. Mm -hmm. When you're doing those fewer things at a higher level. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, 2021 and 2022, it went so well in 2021. It's my mantra again in 2022, but it's simplified before you multiply. And it's like my goal last year was to just deeply analyze what is already working what's already working, what's already working well, maybe not growing to the the potential that I thought it had, but it is working like, like my membership download growth club, you, you know, all the action that that's happening in there. Like it's, that's been around for a couple of years and it's been a slow grower, but everybody that's in loves it. They use it. They, so I knew it was working. I just had to figure out how to market to the right people to get more people in there. That was the only right. tweak. It wasn't just create something new because that isn't, quote unquote, working, it was working. What wasn't working was my marketing. And now we've got that dialed in and people are starting to come in and more people are loving it and we're getting more referrals, which helps build everything. So deep analysis, simplify before you multiply. And now this year, today I was doubling down, going through my lead magnets, kind of fine, fine tooth comb. I'm like, all right, when somebody pops in, this is what they're seeing. Here are the emails that they're getting. Are all these links still good? Is that the best place I could send them? Is that the best language? Just optimizing the heck out of everything that I'm doing so that it works even better and it creates even more impact. Because every year we get more apps and more tools and we create new assets with our content. So I feel like we need to kind of audit the customer journey fairly often, like once a quarter, at least probably, yeah. and just see what people's experiences are like. Because a lot of us, 
like we're super creative. I, I can create a new thing, a new lead magnet. I actually did this for a while. I created a new lead magnet for every episode for a while, probably like six months of my show. Like oh, there'll, wow. be, there'll be calls to action every episode, download the free blah, blah, blah guide. And it took forever, but I loved creating things, but it was a waste of time. <laughs> so now it's like one automated lead magnet, a couple experience-based lead magnets, I really monitor those journeys that I take people on. And then of course, anything where somebody's paying me, I've got those offers pretty simplified as well. And now we're just making it all better. How can I make it better? That's the big question of the year. I love that you're saying that because I have to rein my clients in all the time because they, most of them are creative and they want to do 52 things and none of them get done or optimized. So you don't even know what's really working. And I'm like, we're going to pick three things on any given quarter. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I've got friends in the space. One of my best friends in the world. He knows I use him as an example. His name is Danny Vega. He's one of the biggest you know, health coaches in the low carb ketogenic space. He's my co-host in my, my show, Low Carb Hustle. But I went to his sales page and he has over 70 options to make a purchase with his company. And I'm like, my friend, this is crazy. Like this is, you are leaving so much money on the table by confusing the heck out of people. They have no idea where to start. So I'm like, give, you need to narrow all this down into three options. I'd like to see some sort of a VIP day where they can come to you and they pay you top dollar for it. Or you go to them, they pay top dollar for that. Some sort of monthly small group or one-on-one coaching and some sort of membership package, all of this stuff into those three buckets and you're going to do way better. And he's, He's doing it. And he's like, bro, I should have listened to you sooner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) More is not better. Not better. I have a question too. I'm really curious because I hear people talking like they want to start a podcast, but then they feel like the market's too crowded and you know, how are they going to be found, et cetera. What's the truth behind that? The, okay. I feel like it, it's, it's more active. I don't, I won't say crowded. Uh, there are a lot of people starting podcasts, not a lot of people continuing podcasts. And so like your neighbor and your neighbor's uncle and everybody like they've got, I've got a show. Anybody has a business. Oh, I got a show, but are they releasing weekly content? Do they have more than 10 episodes? 90% chance the answer is no to both of those. So Mm -hmm. there have been over, I think, 3 million podcasts launched. There are less than a quarter million that can answer yes to they have over 10 episodes and they've released something in the last 90 days. So we're talking 250, 300,000 active podcasts. How many blogs are there? millions, you know, <laughs> like, right. so we're, at, we're in baby stage. I mean, how many YouTube channels? Millions. And so we're still really, really small. A lot of people have them, but not a lot of people are doing them well. That's kind of the mission that I'm on to change mm-hmm. that. Like if, because I'm not hating on people that aren't serious about it. I believe they're, everybody starts off seriously, but they just don't know what the heck they're doing and they give up on themselves too early. So that's why I'm out there arming these people with the content that I put out. Like, okay, first things first, here's what we, here's, you know, step number one, here's step two, here's step three, let's get the foundation correct so that you don't launch something, have your feelings hurt because just your mom's listening in. Sometimes she doesn't even listen in. She won't write you a rating review. It's no, you know, no big deal. Uh, But then you get to episode seven and you're like, screw this. It's crickets. It's a waste of my time. When maybe if you just done a few things differently, you would have a very successful show and you'd be impacting a lot of people and you'd be building a brand, you'd be building a business. And it's not, I mean, it's not rocket science and it's not like it's a thousands of complicated steps. You just have to do the right things in the right order. And again, that's what I really focus on, as you know, with uh, the stuff I put out there. 
So, yeah, absolutely. And it's so funny that you're saying that because I had the hardest time getting some of my closest friends to leave reviews. Yeah. Like everybody else, piece of cake. But <laughs> they never want to help out. Your friends and family, they think when you start a show, at least like I'm from the Midwest and the whole attitude is, ah, oh, he thinks he's big time. Like he thinks he's a media personality. That's how all like, not all, but a very high number of my gym clients were, they did not like that. I was doing this. I would get notes, get off the Facebook, and get back in the gym and like all these kind of mean things, but it's just people getting their feelings hurt. They, and a lot of times it's just them kind of reflecting on themselves. They wish that they had enough courage to do that themselves or something like that. And they see you doing it. And so they kind of project that onto you. And you know, it is, it's like when you have a couple and they're, they both are like in need of getting healthy and one of them decides to do it before the other one, that other one usually is, is not too, you know, supportive with it. So similar thing, but we move, we move right along. Just, you, you got to keep on your path. The, the key formula when it comes to goal setting, goal achieving, whether it's weight loss, whether it's business, podcasting, finances, whatever, the your why behind whatever it is has to be larger than the combined sum of all the why nots. And if that is true, anything's possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Why is podcasting great for your brand? Well, there's a couple of superpowers. I love this question. I mean, I love it. So super <laughs> superpower wise. The main thing that I'm teaching people is that we have the ability to insert our content into people's habits and routines. And that is unique to podcasting because of the audio format. And what I mean by that is everybody listening in, if you have your your favorite show or a couple of favorite shows, hopefully this is one of them. It should be by gosh, but you probably listen to your favorite show on a certain day at a certain time doing a certain thing. And like with me, one of my shows I listen to five days a week is called The Newsworthy with my friend, Erica Mandy. She's got a 10 minute or less news podcast. I listen to it while I walk my dog every single morning. And that's the thing that's in my earbuds. Now, if Erica decides to take a hiatus, I'm going to put something else in there because I'm used to listening to audio. She may not get her spot back when I, when she decides to come back all of a sudden. So that's the important importance of the weekly content, in my opinion. But you don't have that insertion into habits and routines with a YouTube channel. Like you don't go, Oh, BitBoy crypto just released their new video. And I got to listen to it while I wa- watch it while I walk my dog. Like people just don't do that. They don't consume YouTube content in that way. Blogs, email marketing. We don't set our schedule by any of that, but podcasts, we will, that'll, that'll be the thing that we consume while we're doing dishes, while we're working out, while we're taking the kids to school. Right. So that's a superpower. And then the other superpower is that we are easily consumable and we're in their earbuds. The power of audio lets people feel like they know us. And it happens to me all the time when I get in touch with somebody that listens to the show. They're like, I feel like I already know you, man, (laughs) because you're in my earbuds all the time. So we can position ourselves. If you have programs, products, and services, the expert positioning with podcasting is giant. It's hard to explain how effective this is because it's free, but just that medium of being the voice of reason or the the voice of knowledge or wisdom, and you're serving pain points that these people have been struggling with, no matter what your niche is. And all of a sudden, when they are ready to invest in something like what you do, you are top of mind. You stand out above everyone else because you're in their earbuds every single week. You're that voice. So those are the two things that really make sense for brand building, for business growth, 
And like when you talk about that, there's a couple, you know, I talked about the why behind starting a podcast. Mm-hmm. Two, two of the big ones would be you have an existing brand or business that you want to enhance and grow via a podcast, or you want to start something brand new and develop that business out of a podcast. That's what I did with podcasting business school, but I've got clients that are like chiropractors and they want to drive business to their chiropractic or they want to enhance their offerings to online services and consultations. So they use the podcast to grow that. So if you're thinking along those two lines, it's going to be worth your time to explore the uh, the avenue of starting a podcast. Yeah, I totally agree. I am curious, though, what's your take on building a community, right? Like people are listening. For me, there's a, a bridge where you have an audience where they're, it's kind of one-sided where they're listening as to really having a community where they're starting to interact with you, whether they're downloading your stuff or commenting on your social posts or whatever. How does that happen? Well, for me, the community is everything. And there are different levels of the community, all from you know people that consume the free stuff that you're putting out there. And those are really important, but also like the paid stuff, people that cross that threshold and commit to like, all right, I need to go next level. And just a, a quick note on that. If I, one of the big misconceptions about podcasting is that, oh man, I, I can't go deep on my information because I don't want to give away my best stuff because then there's nothing for people to pay for. And I say, be Yes. What I do, as you know, I mean, I give you actionable steps and that makes me stand out. Just like what you said, I don't get all theoretical high level. I'm like, here are the four things, do these four things. You will get results. Just execute. I will give away all my best stuff. People pay me to help them implement correctly. That's my mantra. So no fears, you know, my show podcast launch tips. It's the, it's the checklist that I use when I help people launch a show. You can just go and listen to that. And you know, if you want to do that on your own, more power to you. But if you want to do it correctly and need help with that, I got you back. And that's what people will pay me for. So, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's an important thing to put out there. But when you talk about community building, the goal of my show personally is to pull people out of the earbuds and into interaction. Now, so off the sidelines, get them into the game where, you know, there are some kind of starter, you know, first dates when we get to know each other, where it's like, they listen to me in a clubhouse room or they see me on an Instagram live, or obviously they're consuming my audio. And that's kind of uh, one interaction. But then I'm like, yo, if you're serious, you got to come to a pod pal zoom party. And I, I throw them every other week and people come in, they get to be on my show. I pulled, you know, 12, 15, 20 podcasters that listen to the show. And we actually interact. We're eyeball to eyeball. They can ask me questions. I can talk to them. They can talk to me. They can talk to each other or they're coming into my clubhouse rooms. They're, they're interacting there with each other, with me. Uh, they're doing podcast audits. So I want to really like get eyeball to eyeball with them because I'm good at making friends. I'm good at building relationships and I'm great at adding value for free. And I do those things over and over and over again every week impact leads to income. I'll say it again. Like that's, that's Mm -hmm. what I've noticed. I do very, very few sales conversations, like very few, like that. I actually feel like I'm selling something. Most of the time it's people going, I've been listening to your stuff. I know what you do and how you do it. I'm ready to go. I'm like, all right, now we just decide on the best avenue. And that's, that's how a lot of those conversations go for me. I was going to say, that's how our conversation went when I wanted to do the production stuff. Like I wanted to talk to you just because I wanted to talk to you, not because I wasn't already committed to, to having your team take care of all of that. You offered, I mean, so many other things that other 
podcast production companies are not offering and it's been phenomenal. So that's the beauty of the community is that it takes particularly somebody who's hesitant about selling and I'm kind of air quoting that out of like the whole conversation's different because people are like, I just want to work with you. Like yeah. where do I sign on the dotted line? Yeah. So. And I love that because I'm not great at sales conversations and things like that. Like that's just, it doesn't feel good to me in any way. And I don't like what I'm being sold to either. My sales radar is pretty, uh, I've got a heightened awareness <laughs> around that, but I know there are a lot of people listening that are probably similar and I just go, well, are you good at making friends? Are you good at building relationships and adding value? And if you can do those things, I call it a relationship building funnel. Like some people are automated email marketing funnels and I'm trying to get better at that. I've got friends helping me out, which I realize that is an important part of my business. I need to be able to do that, but I'm great at building relationships and going, Hey, here's the next free thing that you can participate in, or here's how we can interact and, and collaborate and create awesome content together or get some answers for you. But if you want to go next level and really dig in, here's an option that I offer from a coaching perspective or consulting perspective or whatever that will accelerate everything because those people get priority. That's, that's going, it's like the Disney world fast pass or whatever it is, you know, like you just skip all the people waiting and you go right in there and you get the best of the best. So, you know, this too, but the goal is to give so much value for free. People are going, Oh, what the heck? Like, I can't wait to see what I get when I actually pay for something. And then we really, you know, knock it out of the park. Well, and there's so much more trust built too. Like they feel like they know you. And I think people in general, regardless of what transaction or experience it is, are looking for that. They're seeking that because we've been so disconnected. I want to circle back really quick because you mentioned your PodPal Zoom party. If somebody wanted to check that out, how can they do that? Yeah. My entire hub of things is on my simplified homepage, podcastingbusiness.school. It's a .school URL, everybody. Don't forget that. Uh, Podcastingbusiness.school. But I've got two videos on there. Under video one is all the free stuff. Under video two is how you can pay me for stuff. And it's all, it's very simple. I put it together myself uh, and it's, it's right there. But the PodPal Zoom parties, I do those for free every other week. I alternate the times, days and time zones because we have people from all over the world tuning in. So it's, it's if you are a podcaster, one of the most effective things you can do is network with other podcasters. So you're not out there alone figuring it out. And I love to make those connections. I love to, that's why I call it pod pals. Cause I mean, I'm your pod pal, you know, we're linked up and you're stuck with me. Like Emmy can attest to that, but I love to make those connections. So like if Emmy comes on and I know somebody like, Oh, Emmy would be a great guest for this person or they'd be a great guest for her or whatever. I'm making those connections. Connections and I freaking love it. I'll see that initial connection happen. All of a sudden they're doing a virtual summit together or they do a co-branded membership and they're making money. Like I'm getting these sort of success stories just from a little, I open a few little doors here and there. And it's like kids, you know, like I'm so proud of my kids, like in real life, but also people that I, I facilitate these connections and then goes off and creates something. I have just as much pride in that as if I created it myself. Uh, so I, I love, I love doing that. But pod pals is a cool way to network, but it's, it's uh, content that we create together. And I put it out as an episode of my show and it's, you get to shout out your brand and your show and all, all the good things. So it's a, it's a high value thing. People enjoy it. We usually fill up the roster every other week. And it's one of my favorite, absolute favorite things that I do. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's the most fun, fun you could have on a, on like a Tuesday afternoon with a bunch of podcasters, you know, that's what I always say. <laughs> Absolutely. Where do you see your show growing over the next year or so? I love this question. It's I'm so excited about it. I mean, because 
right now I've got three active shows. And by the end of, I would say the next 45 days, I'll be down to one show. That's the goal where my podcast launch tips, I'm kind of, you know, that ship is kind of coming to dock. I've, I've delivered on that. And it's just going to be an asset moving forward. My health show, I've got somebody taking over. So I really get to focus in on podcasting business school, which is my passion show like that is, and it's my main business hub. That's where everything happens. That's where the magic happens for me. But I'm thrilled because I'm still so curious in this space. Like I have so many questions and so many ideas to explore and so many people that I want to learn from that that drives everything. And I think that fuels the interest in the show and that sets me apart. I'm not podcaster on podcast mountain going, I have all the knowledge I've acquired it all. And, <laughs> and I will now <laughs> dispense it to you through your earbuds. Like I know a thing or two, but the show's driven by curiosity and interest. So we're doing a bunch of stuff on email marketing because that's an area that I want to learn about more and really figure that out. Um, NFTs, Web3, Metaverse. Uh, how does that apply to podcasting? What does the Metaverse look like for podcasters five years from now? How do we get ready for that? I'm having that conversation today. How do we create NFTs for our membership so that there's like this ongoing kickback opportunity and and all things NFTs, what happens if people want to start paying us in Bitcoin? So all those like curiosity zones, I'm going to be able to dive into. And uh, the podcast audits are, are still, it blows my mind. My podcast audit episodes, when I invite people on to analyze their podcasts with their show growth opportunities, their audience engagement opportunities and monetization, those are my most downloaded episodes. And it's audience members coming on. I could have the most famous podcasters in the world come on and the podcast audit will do almost twice as many downloads for just compared episode to episode. So I'm just, I'm really thrilled with the community and the energy behind the show. And again, the fact that I'm still so curious and still fired up every interview, every pod pal session, I'm never like, Oh, kill me. I got to do another interview. Like I'm always, <laughs> I'm really excited about it. I'm gen I have genuine interest and excitement and curiosity. So I guess that's what I'm most excited about. The fire is still bright. I love that. Well, I can hardly wait to tune in because those are some, I mean, those are really fun topics and you're right. Like I'm curious. I'm thinking about those things as well. Like how is that going to shift how we market and how we do business and what is there to play with? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. 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 Adam, I knew we were going to run long and <laughs> I'm so bummed because I, I could talk to you all day, but share with everybody where they can connect with you. We're going to have all the links in the show notes, including the PodPal Zoom party link. Like I said, the main hub, podcastingbusiness.school. The, the main two social media platforms that I hang out on are Instagram and Clubhouse. I'm kind of a little bit everywhere, but those, like if you're on Instagram, especially hit me up at Podcasting Business School. And I love to interact. So like, send me a message. Let me know that you you found me on Emmy's show. And I'll probably kick you a voice message back to let you know that I'm not a bot. I'm a real person. It's not my VA answering. I love to do that when people message me. Just go, hey, it's Adam, blah, blah, blah. And just, just let you know. So, and it's funny when I do that, people, it gets so rare now that, that actual like human to human voice interaction probably once a week when I do this, I do it a lot every week, but at least once somebody will ask me what app I'm using to automate this. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I just hit the record button and use my voice. Like that's me. I said what I said, your name, what day it is. And like, I gave you a genuine human message. Um, so that still kind of blows me away, but I, I love the human interaction component. So yeah, you can, you guys can test me on that. Send me a message, see if I message you back or not. And that'll be our, our little Instagram challenge that we do. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I'm going to leave it at that. And Adam, thank you so much for coming on. 
I mean, I appreciate you. Everybody out there, if you got value out of this, leave a rating review and say that Adam's episode is your favorite. That'll really boost my ego. So I appreciate that. (laughs) Yes, definitely. We want Adam's episode to be the favorite. (laughs) And share it with everybody because I'd love to see more podcasts starting and staying. Me too. Yeah. So let's make that happen. Let's go. Thank you so much for being a listener in the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I am so grateful for each and every episode that you tune in and listen to. And I hope that you get a ton of value that you can implement starting today. I do have just a quick favor. If you wouldn't mind hopping on to wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating and review, it would help us tremendously so that the Tribe of Leaders podcast can be found more easily and help inspire other entrepreneurial leaders.